This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Oh, good morning, Canada. A chilly morning here. Zacchino in studio, Weeks in studio, the whole family's here today because yes. it is U.S. Open Saturday, Bob. Well, that's uh, a major day. It Not is only a major, a major tournament, but it's a major day, and that's why the major group is in, in the house today. <laughs> the, the A-team, so to speak. <laughs> Although you and I were just saying how we feel like uh, for such a condensed season, um, it's it's taken its pound of flesh. Like It's been nonstop since end of May. Yeah, well, yeah, I've, I think I've been nonstop since March. I know it sounds crazy. Everyone says, well, what have you been doing? Well, actually, we've been doing a lot. Yeah. Well, we went right through the, even when we were off TV, radio. Remember, yeah. we were doing three radio shows a week, radio, video podcast, of- spot, sports center for you. Like, it's been busy. It's just been busy, busy, busy. It's been absolutely Good crazy. Good problem to have, considering what some people are going through. Yeah, 100%. Not complaining. Not complaining. Although, uh, the nickname at home is Empress Complainicus. So, Emperor Complainicus. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, uh, not feeling like a golf morning in Southern Ontario. I don't know, depending on where you're listening to us this morning on the TSN Radio Network, or if you're watching on TSN 2 this morning, thanks for tuning in and watching us on Golf Talk Canada Radio Talk TV. Um, It's feeling like, uh, I know we're going to get a little spike in temperature in Southern Ontario this week, but uh, depending on what part of the country, and it's coming to a it's coming to a pretty quick close, Bob. It's not quite frost yet, but it was. Uh, I think when I walked out the door, or whatever time it was, around just before six, it was like five degrees. I think. Yeah. And there were some people, some hardy people out running and biking, and they were dressed with the woolies out there. The only time I golf in cold weather is if we jump on a plane. We're in Scotland. We're in Ireland. <laughs> you know, you bring the gear, you anticipate it, you expect it. Other than that, I'm a delicate flower. You can have it. I don't need it. Uh, my back doesn't need it as well. All right. Busy show today. Today, the grand prize wow. of 20 weeks of TaylorMade today. A full set, TaylorMade, top to bottom, driver, woods, hybrid, irons, putter, wedges, bag. You get treated like a tour pro for the day. We're giving it away today right here. The grand prize is 20 weeks of TaylorMade comes to an end. And thank you, everyone who participated. We'll get to that today. Uh, Derek Ingram going to join us from Wingfoot. He is there. Of course, coach to Taylor Pendrith, national coach for Team Canada on the ground at the U.S. Open. He's going to jump in this morning at 8.30 and give us a, a little kind of eyes from the ground look at this. And, and Taylor... Low Canadian along with Adam Hadwin at plus five. A, 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 I think a really good outing. And I I hate to say this, but for me, Bob, a surprising outing. I know he hits it 10,000 miles. I get it. But this is a setup that maybe not comfortable. Like, who could possibly be comfortable on this setup? <laughs> and if you are remotely comfortable on this setup, it's probably something you've seen a dozen times before. That's not Taylor. So, yeah, you're right. Exactly. I mean, I got a, I got a text from Garrett Rank this week, yeah. who's, uh, of course, noted amateur and NHL uh, referee. And he said, you know, there's been so much focus on the three Canadians playing together for the first yes. two rounds, Connors, Hughes, and Hadwin. And he said, don't sleep on, uh, on Garrett Rank. He said, I, I played with him recently. And this guy, you know, we all think of him as this long bomber. But he's got a pretty, pretty uh, well-rounded game. So he oh. said... he. He's not surprised. Well, maybe that'll go straight to Derek with our opening question. Do we not give the rest (laughs) of his game credit other than just his driving? I I think it is. Well, here's a really interesting story. So, I don't know, maybe the last year that Taylor and Corey Connors, who went to Kent State together, were roommates together, they were down there. We went down with TSN to do a little profile on both of them, two separate profiles. 
and her page, the legendary coach at uh, at Kent State, who's from originally from Scarborough, Ontario, he said, you know, Corey is going to be really good. He said, but Taylor has a chance to be something really special. So the ceiling was higher. The ceiling was higher, and I think I think you know he's just gone through so many injuries, Taylor, with wrists and back, and he actually was one of the few guys who welcomed the pandemic pause because it gave him a chance to kind of recover. <laughs> he didn't touch a golf club for, I think, eight or nine weeks, he told me. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he's got the inside the makings of being a really amazing golf professional on the PGA Tour, I think, and we'll see if it, uh, if it comes to that. Well, we'll touch base with the man on his swing, Derek Ingram, in, uh, at 8.30. Scully going to join us for Stardom Sidham, winners, weird and what, but this is going to be heavy, heavy, heavy U.S. Open chat for the next two hours as we get you set for the final 36. And if you like NASCAR, you're going to like the final 36 at <laughs> Wingfoot because there will be a crash at some point around a bend. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. Tomorrow's stars today. You know why Star Wars is so popular, Bob? Because you got Luke Skywalker in the white hat and Darth Vader in the black hat and there's a good guy and there's a bad guy. And it's very clear for the whole world to understand good versus evil. Not the case of the final pairing at the U.S. Open today. <laughs> Patrick Reed, a one-shot lead over Bryson DeChambeau, four under, three under. I love this final pairing. You know, you said it best before we went live this morning. We're going to need uh, 30 rules officials for this twosome. <laughs> thoughts on the final twosome and thoughts, just your general open thoughts here on what we've seen for the first 36 holes. Uh, I'm shocked these two are the guys leading or the top of the leaderboard, to be perfectly honest with you. If you look at Patrick Reed's stats, which I know we'll go into a little bit deeper in the show, but uh, he's hit five fairways each day, and he has absolutely no business uh, putting up a 66 and a 70 out there. He is, he is putting well, 25 putts in each round, and he's uh, eight for eight in putts from five to ten feet. So he's making those money putts. Bryson is a guy who came in. Hey, listen, I give him credit. He came in. He said, "I'm not. I'm not going to put the driver away. I'm going to ha- hammer it as far as I can," and he's done that. And uh, and he's so far his game has looked, you know, fairly well rounded. But when you can hit the ninth hole yesterday, 557 yards, you can hit driver wedge to set up an eagle. Mm. And if you can hit it in the fairway and you hit it that far, then that's a big advantage. You know, it's interesting what you said there because you know Reed living by his putter, you know, and and on these greens as they get crispier. That is a dangerous game to play. The one thing I thought was very interesting, and I wanted to get your take on this, and because I, I, you know I did a bunch of hits this week for TSN Radio, as I'm sure you did as well. And when we go to the Masters, the players say the same things. It's like there's certain places at Augusta you just can't hit it because it's impossible. You take care of the par fives. Your par five scoring at Augusta, you know, it needs to be spot on, and you need to get through Amen Corner. And that's kind of the formula, and everybody has the same formula, right? And, you know, we get to St. Andrews for an open championship. It's avoid the bunkers. The guy who stays out of the bunkers this week has a chance to win the open championship. When we heard these guys talking about the U.S. Open, the different formulas were unbelievable. You heard Mickelson and McElroy saying, I'm going to hit it shorter because I'd rather be shorter and be in the fairway and hit less drivers or hit softer drivers because being in the fairway is a better chance. I'd rather have five iron from the fairway than nine iron from the rough. Then you go to the flip side of that coin. DeChambeau, 
I'd, I'm going to hit driver everywhere. I'm going to hit it as hard as I can. I don't care who's laughing at me, and I'm going to gouge it out. Then you hear guys like, no, I'm going to lay up on a par three because, you know, this yeah. worked in the past. And another guy's going, no, back bunker. Don't, don't lay up. Let it go off the back. Your best chance to get up and down here is actually from the back bunker. I guess that speaks to the brilliance of the golf course, does it not? I guess to a certain extent, and and, and it also, I think, talks a little bit about the different styles of, of these players, right? Some are artists and some are sledgehammer welders. Uh, you know, Bryson DeChambeau, we know what he looks like. We know what his game is all about. And then a guy like uh, Justin Thomas, who hits it hard, but is more in the artist category than I think would be would be DeChambeau. Um, but you're you're right, I think gradually what's going to happen over the next two days now this course is going to get tighter and tighter and harder and harder and faster and faster and and i'm not sure which game is going to is going to be able to survive that but I would, I would lean more towards the artist than the i think camera. i think you might be right certainly and we'll take a look at it now huge names missing the cut um canadians missing the cut we'll get to that in hour two um obviously tiger phil plus 23 um, maybe we'll save that for Adam to join us. Talk that a little later. Uh, in positive U.S. Open news or interesting U.S. Open news away from Wingfoot this week, uh, Rota potentially. And, you know, what is that Rota going to look like? Okay, Oakmont, Wingfoot, Pebble Beach, uh, Torrey Pines need another West Coast location. Um you know, this there was rumors that if this didn't work out this year in September because of the coronavirus, that we were going to land at LA Country Club in December. For so, how many courses do you think land in this row? Obviously, Piners with the latest announcement of that being like the second headquarters now of the USGA. Piners number two would be in that rota. They've got four or five U.S. Opens coming up in the next thirty years as part of that announcement. Yeah, so Pinehurst, Pinehurst is going to be the state uh, worked a big tax deal that made it very advantageous for the USGA to kind of move a lot of their headquarters from uh, Far Hills, New Jersey, down to uh, down down there. And I think eventually, although they just did a massive renovation of their facility in New Jersey, so, but I think it makes sense to be there where it's a little bit more uh, uh, full season, you can, four seasons, you can go down there. But yeah, I think, I think Pinehurst, I think Pebble, I think uh, there's gotta be, you know, the one thing about the US Open is it's a money maker. Right. You wanna move it around a little bit. So you may have a rota, but every once in a while you may throw That's what it I was gonna ask you, how firm do you think this rota is? Yeah, I, I don't know, I, I don't think, I mean, if you look right now, I think they're through 2029 and already places they've got locked down. So do you go right. back to a place like uh, Whistling Straits or do you go back to a place like- Aaron Hills, Aaron Chambers Hills, Bay. Or some guy's gonna throw a lot of money at you. Well, that's you wanna, what happens, right? Right, and you, you would love to have a US Open in the Chicago area because that's a big mecca. Uh, you'd like to have one in the LA area where that's a big mecca. So um, there's there's a little more science to it, but I think you're right. Those courses you just named, they all fit on there. Yeah, they've all got to be in there. And maybe you're right. Maybe it is that's the rota, and once every six seven years or something, it's outlier. You know, someone cut a check. <laughs> someone cut a check, Bob. Is right. what it is, right? <laughs> uh, speaking of moving around, Golf Channel. Going to be moving to Stanford. We all know that. We have a lot of uh, friends and associates there, talented people that inf- unfortunately are no longer working for Golf Channel as we speak. And it was done even before the move. There's going to be another wave of that. Uh, and now we're hearing GolfChannel.com. So there's a report out. Uh, we don't know too many of the details. It should come out later this week. But there's a report in The Athletic that says GolfChannel.com, the website for Golf Channel, which is a very robust, very good website. Lots of really good writers. They break lots of stories. 
will be shut down. It'll be sort of folded into a bigger NBC Sports website. So you'll go onto the NBC Sports website, you'll go under golf, and there you'll get your, your news from, from Golf Channel. It's sort of going to be a sub-directory on a bigger one, which I think is disappointing because I think a lot of people get some golf news, you know, a lot of their golf news from, from places like GolfChannel.com, and there's some good good writers out there, just like there were good TV people who were probably going to be out of work. Yeah, it's uh, not a good news story, but uh, just the reality of, of I guess, how, how that world is working these days. Um, speaking of worlds not working and the realities, golf tourism business, obviously, this year, forget it, uh, tourism in general. I actually saw TJ Rule yesterday, um, you know, from Golfway Tours. We had a, you know, a, a great chat about this as well. And I was asking him, you know, when does he start to see stuff on the books kind of thing, right? And Caribbean, as early as this winter, to certain countries, people are saying, okay, I I feel good enough about this. Maybe it's where you're going and the protocols in place as to where you're going that gives you confidence to leave and the flexibility in your schedule. Maybe you're retired and you have the opportunity when you get back to Canada to quarantine for 14 days. So it's tough. There's a lot of things that have to line up to move. But he's noticed already next spring that things are starting to pop. A lot of his Irish-Scottish groups are back on the schedule for June-July next year and and the European travel starting again. People like myself, our group that didn't cancel, we postponed a year, right? Right, Which kind of helps. But it's also domestic. And we were expecting a huge domestic year for Canadian golf travel and we've had some good stuff provincially yeah. and stuff like that, but the things that we anticipated, maybe East Coast, not the case. Well, my friends at Cobble Beach are raving about, about everything that they got. They're, they're just jammed. You can't get a time in a lot of places uh, like Niagara, same sort of thing. But, uh, but for instance, Cabot Links, Cabot is going to shut down a month early this year. And there was a report uh, on, on one of the networks that said, you know, it described it as a disappointing year for them. Yeah. And, I, and I understand because that bubble, it's hard. You're not going to support it with just three Atlantic provinces. If you get the, even if you get Ontario business out to the Atlantic provinces, you'd be, you'd be boy, it'd be, what about a year of, right. of records, I'm sure, for places right. like PEI and Algonquin. Well, I got to tell you, that was the backup plan for most of the people I spoke to in, yeah. in our situation where it was like, we were supposed to go to Ireland or this group was supposed to go to Scotland. And the backup plan was, okay, great, we're going to postpone that a year, so we're going to go to Cabot or we're going to go to PEI. Yeah. And then they were told, you can't do that. Yeah. And then, you know, but you're right, Bob, that, that business alone would have been huge. So, yeah. All right, on the other side, we're going to dive into the leaderboard. We're going to hear from Patrick Reed, hear from Bryson DeChambeau, Justin Thomas, Harris English. We'll take a deeper look. How far down this board do you go? I personally think right now, Bob, almost everyone's in this. Plus three, plus four, huge chance to win this golf tournament still. When you consider four under, nowhere near the lead at the end of today. Let's. We're going to jump into that on the other side. This is a U.S. Open 36-hole preview edition of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade. Every day, more golfers are playing the TP5 and TP5X golf balls. Join them, and you'll see why. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. As Bob and I get you set for the final 36 of the U.S. Open, we're going to jump into the leaderboard. I want to give a shout-out to a friend of ours watching us this morning. Just hit me up on text, David Mary. Oh, who's part of the Off the Hosel team, a fellow... 
magician like yourself, yes. real pro. He's a he's a very funny magician. Yeah, he he's well, magic. he's yeah, one of the funniest Absolutely. guys I know, and a great magician on yeah. top of it. And I want to give him uh, congratulations. Won the senior club championship at Thornhill last Did week. He? Yes. Wow. Yeah, and as well celebrating. You remember we had him on to talk about his product Velocity. Yeah. Celebrating the 500th sale of Velocity as well. Very nice. So congratulations, Davey, and I'm I'm playing uh, Thornhill with him next week. Thornhill's a those first six holes at Thornhill are just magical. That first tee just scares. You know what? Death. I just got a quick shout out, guys. I wasn't yeah. here last week, so a week ago Friday, I got a chance to play at the Burlington Golf and Country Club. Saw that on your social media. It looked great. Yeah, they opened up. They designed six or five or six new holes. Did redesign right. them on them. Uh, and Doug Carrick, who did it, was playing with us. Right. And th- the course is unbelievable. They have done some major renos in the clubhouse, which is spectacular. Uh, the last, the seventeenth hole, which goes right along the lake now, is. So much better than it used to be for years. Not that it was bad before, but uh, great changes. And thank you to everybody at uh, Burlington for having me. Awesome. All right, there you have it. Okay, Patrick Reed. Five fairways, nine greens. But leading the tournament in putting and and just kind of almost slaughtering people in putting right now. Um, How long can he play this game, Bob? In my opinion, he needs to hit twice as many fairways today to have a chance. He kind of reminds me of a guy walking a tightrope and having <laughs> a weight in each hand, but the weights are, are different. Like one's a 50-pound <laughs> weight, one's a 20-pound weight. And he's just balancing. I mean, there was one hole yesterday where, I can't remember what it was, where he hit it into the rough, and it was like really terrible rough. And, and Bones, Mackay, mm-hmm. was, was calling uh, his group, and he said, you know, oh, boy, that's going to be really nasty down there in that rough. There's no, nothing good there. And, and he got down there, and he said, this is unbelievable. This lie is unbelievable. Now, normally, if it was anybody else, I wouldn't have gone through my mind. But right. but but Patrick Reed hadn't got there yet, so there was no. He, he had a chance this. to give it the old fluff. He <laughs> yeah. didn't fluff it, and and he had this perfect lie. So he's had you know great breaks. He's played well on from from on the round on and around the greens. Yeah. But I just don't see this lasting. No, unless, unless he does what you said. Like I say he's got it, and that's a, that's a huge improvement. Say I'm going to improve 100 percent today on my on my tee game, right? And it's I don't think it happens. Uh, you know that reminds me of a great Faraday line, maybe my favorite David Faraday line. Watching Phil Mickelson play the U.S. Open is like watching a drunk guy chase a balloon across a cliff. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it could go either way. All right, Patrick Reed, your leader, four under par. Let's hear from Patrick Reed. They set it up to kind of ease us in this golf tournament, and then they were going to. You know, show us what it's supposed to really be like. But, um, you know, it kind of put one of those rounds yesterday where you had to go out and shoot a low one because you knew today was going to be brutal. And, uh, you know, anytime USGA or any of those guys see you go out and kind of manhandle a golf course as a, you know, part of US Open like we did yesterday, they're, they're going to toughen it up. And, uh, you know, with opposite winds, it made, even though some of the long holes downwind, it made a lot of those shorter holes where it was really small wedges into seven, eight irons. and. Tuck fans, you got to attack. You know, I find it interesting uh, when I hear him talking about this and looking at his numbers and then comparing them to DeShambo, who's one off the lead. It's not like DeShambo, to your point off the top today, Bob, is lighting it up in the fairway. He's only hit two more fairways than what uh, Patrick Reed has, has hit. However, he's got wedge in his hand all day, and it brings in that debate uh, of how to attack this golf course. And if you're capable of hitting it 320 and 330 yards all day long and getting wedge in your hand, and also, by the way, hitting your pitching wedge 170 yards if you want to, <laughs> right? Right. It, 
his approach, he's maybe Bryson's right because I'm looking at his numbers and his numbers. He's his strokes gained off the tee, his strokes gained approach. His he's hitting 12 of 18 greens, so more greens than than what uh, Reed is hitting, and he's doing it as well from the rough. So you know, this week, you know, does does pitching wedge from rough beat seven iron from fairway? I don't know. Well, he's tied for six in greens and reg, which is pretty good. Obviously, he's getting finding a way to get onto the greens, whether it's from the fairway or the rough. And he's also tied for ninth in putting, which um, I think we don't probably give him enough credit for. He's got that funny stance, right? It looks yes. like he's trying to like squeeze between two slats of a fence. It's a very sort of hard arm up, lock, right? Upright. A very upright, firm arm lock. Yeah. And it looks to me... And I wish I could reach out to him or have someone in his camp I could talk to because it looks to me like, uh, do me a favor, keep your eye on this today when you're watching. It looks to me like that arm bar thing that he's using is about three to four inches shorter than the one he's been using all year. Could that be. putter is yeah. is not as far up the arm as it has been. And no one's talking about it, So, and I can't verify it, but I'm almost positive on this. Well, nobody prepares more in depth than Bryson DeChambeau. He was talking about on Thursday night, he went out to the range, and he was having trouble with his wedges because he, they were, what, what his little track man was saying was, was it was going 145, but he said, no, I'm hitting at 155, and they weren't matching up. And he couldn't figure this out. And he was discussing the temperature. Maybe that had a difference to it. Oh, but anyway, they got they normalized the track man for whatever the conditions were in there. And and he spent hours there talking just about dialing this. that just, in. Yeah, just crazy what he does. You know what, Bob? If we were hitting wedges the length of a six iron, we'd have problems yeah, too. Exactly. All right, <laughs> we'd have problems too. All right, he's one off the pace. He's in the final group at two twenty five alongside Patrick Reed. Let's hear from Bryson DeChambeau. We were trying to figure out why uh, I was hitting shots long yesterday. So I had a lot of wedges that just flew too far and relative to my perception of how hard I thought I hit it, if that makes sense. So we have a device, a couple devices we use, and it was telling us that the shots that I was hitting on the range were going farther than what we had projected out there. So we just calibrated incorrectly. And so we made that adjustment today and I was able to hit a lot, a lot more shots close. Hey, you heard him talking about it right there. He's you got, one you off got the that, pace. right? You understood I, that? I understood that. Yes, of course. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Rafa Cabrera Bayo, two under par alongside Harris English, Justin Thomas. They are in a tide for third. Okay. I was watching yesterday, Bob, and I'm watching basically Justin Thomas go off the rails. Like, basically throwing his U.S. Open down the drain. And, and, but then I see him finish strong. A couple of late birdies, kind of brought, brought it back a bit. And get it in at 200 par. This could have quite easily could have been in, in the in the house at one or two over. Not that that's out of it, but considering where he started, and he finishes at two under. And I thought the the the, the instinct I had was watch out, watch out. Justin just kept fought to keep himself in this, and that might have been his hurdle. And he's climbed it already. It, it reminded me of when you're driving a car in the winter, and all of a sudden you hit a patch of ice, and you have no control, and then all of a sudden the car grips again. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of the story of, of, of Justin Thomas's round. Uh, you want to have problems off the tee? How's three fairways for Justin Thomas yesterday? Wow. At a U.S. Open. And this is one of the best all-around drivers of the golf ball in the world. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And he also hits a, a 290-yard three-wood on a rope, <laughs> and he hit three fairways. So Justin Thomas, 200 in that group. Let's hear from J.T. Yeah, it's um, those are the kind of rounds that uh, that can potentially win you a U.S. Open. I mean, it's I 
was far from having good stuff out there today. Uh, I don't know if I look as tired as I feel, but I'm pretty exhausted. That was a, a grueling day. It was a lot tougher conditions, you know, much like we would expect in the U.S. Open. But, uh, no, nah, I, I, uh, I just cannot drive it like that this weekend. That was tough. And he's alongside Harris English, Rafa Cabrera-Bello, Jason Kograk, who's never won on the PGA Tour in at one under par, Thomas Peters, who had a rough day yesterday with a 74. He's at even along Xander Shoffley, which name is leaping off this leaderboard. We know his history in the U.S. Open. We know his history on hard golf courses like Eastlake, etc. Xander positioned wonderfully at even par. Matthew Wolf. I think having a very surprising tournament. I, I don't think any of us thought that Matthew Wolf would be able to get around a U.S. Open setup like this, Bob. At a rookie, at a rookie, first time, first out, appearance, so you're getting your first taste at what what's uh, USGA can do to you. No surprise that Brandon Todd is at even parks. Uh, this guy's a fairway machine, and not a surprise that he would be here in this golf tournament. Hideki Matsuyama, ball striker. I thought a great performance from Bubba yesterday. You know, Bubba Watson, 69 out there. This is not a Bubba golf course, and well done, Bubba. You're going to hear a little bit more about Bubba and my winner's weird and what later. Too. I got to give a, a shout out to Bob Weeks for dark horsing Louis Oosthuizen this week. Yeah. On our TV special, 67-74, Oosie at one over. And do not forget about these two men. I'm not going to do the entire leaderboard. We got to go to break. But do not forget about John Rahm at one over par. When you know this golf term is probably going to be one at three over par. John Rahm is at one over par, and Webb Simpson. At two over par. And when Webb Simpson won the U.S. Open at Olympic, he was nowhere to be found through 36 holes. He just grinded them down for the final 36. Watch out for those two names. And we're going to keep it going with the U.S. Open. Derek Ingram, coach at Team Canada, coach at Taylor Penrith, joining us on the other side. This is our U.S. Open Final 36 preview edition of GTC. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade. Every day, more golfers are playing the TP5 and TP5X golf balls. Join them and you'll see why. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. 36 holes left here at the U.S. Open. And, and Bob, like I firmly believe maybe this is too wide a statement, but it's pretty close to accurate. If you made the cut, you have a chance to win this golf tournament right now. Yeah. Sure. Where's the winning score going to be? Winning score is going to be four over. Okay. So if you're four over, you got to shoot two rounds of even par to win this golf tournament is what you're saying. Yeah, basically. Okay. I'm not saying that that's an easy task <laughs> around here, but what I'm saying is if you're, if you're someone at four, five, six, you have to have that perspective. Because we've seen this in the U.S. Open. The lead is not four under par. Let's just put it that way. And this is a great segue because our guest, uh, his uh, pupil, uh, is at five over par and still very much a part of this golf tournament. I'm wondering if they're having those conversations. Joining us now on the phone, the coach for Taylor Penrith, the head coach of Team Canada, uh, Derek Ingram, joining us from Winged Foot Golf Club in Mamarnik, New York. Mamarnik. Mamarnik? Mamarnik. Mamarnik. Yeah. Let's go. just go with Wingfoot. How okay. about that? Derek, how are you this morning? 
Yeah, doing great, guys. How are you guys? Good. Is it is chilly there as it is here this morning? Uh, we're we're sitting at about four or five Celsius. What's what's the quick weather uh, forecast for the day? Well, it's a beautiful sunny day. It's a little a little bit cooler in the morning, but not like that. Uh, but it's it's absolutely not a cloud in the sky, and uh, it's there's a little bit of breeze. It's it's going to be an unreal day at uh, Wingfoot. All right, Derek. Bob and I were talking earlier about Taylor, and mm-hmm. we were wondering if maybe golf community, whether it be the media, etc., doesn't give enough credit to the rest of Taylor's game because his driving is so impressive. Is that fair? And second part of that question, are you guys having the conversation that Bob and I just had off the top? Are you having the conversation that, hey, anybody who made the cut has a chance to win this golf tournament because this lead is nowhere near four under, where this tournament lands is going to be three, four, five over? Yeah, well, we know that for sure intuitively. We've chatted about it over the, over the week. Uh, you know, we're not getting too focused on winning the golf tournament. We're trying to play a good round today and put a, put himself in a good position because, honestly, like you said, a good round today puts you absolutely right in the thick of things. Even if you're six over par and you shoot level or, or, or uh, one under or one over, you're still in the thick of things. So, um, you know, and, and but you can't get way too, too ahead of yourself because it's, it's a difficult golf course if you do that. Uh, you're going to shoot 10 over par in a hurry, and these are the best players in the game. We know... We know that, well, I guess maybe I should step back. A lot of folks didn't know Taylor Pendrith before probably this week. They may have heard of him Mm -hmm. in certain circles. Hopefully they have because he's a great talent and he's played well this year on the Corn Ferry Tour. But but describe Taylor. We we know he hits it a long way, but describe the rest of his game and describe the makeup of him, his personality, who he's like. What's he like? Yeah, well, I I mean, I've been describing Taylor for the same way for you know five or six years but specifically the last two or three that he's he's really long but he's actually really straight for a guy who's really long and then uh the rest of his game has just gotten better and better he's always had nice hands around the greens and a great imagination and loved to practice the short game he's got a passion of chip and pitch and, and hit bunker shots and you'll see him out there practicing it for fun uh because he loves it all the time uh, and so when you've got a nice set of hands and you've learned some extra shots and you've, you've practiced it over a long period of time, you're going to be really good around the greens, and he is excellent around the greens. Um, for sure, he's got one of the nicest short games I've seen. He's a fantastic bunker player. He can hit it high and soft and spin it. He can hit it low and, and, and run it. So he's got, he's got all those shots. And, you know, the rest of his game is really, you know, come together as well in the sense that he's a great iron player and he hits a ton of greens and, and hits it really close to the hole and now he's a not just a streaky putter he's a consistent putter who who has the ability to be a great putter and and, and very streaky Derek what are your thoughts on the DeChambeau uh I guess method of playing this golf course because he hits it a mile and his angle has been I'm going to keep hitting driver I'm going to keep hitting it as hard as I can because I'd rather have wedge from the rough than seven iron from the fairway how does that land in your camp with the strategy you guys have on this golf course? Because, you know, theoretically, I know, you know, Taylor is a much straighter driver than the golf ball than what you're, you're telling us that we yeah. give him credit for. But do you guys have that same approach that let's get it down there as far as we can and we'll, we'll still do better with wedge from the rough? Yeah, globally for all 18 holes, that's exactly what our plan was coming on Monday or Tuesday. Same with Taylor, uh, same with Corey, and just to get the, get the ball down there. Uh, because it's a long golf course, you, do, you really don't want a four or five or six iron from that rough because you can't even you can't even like in a practice round. Taylor had a six iron from the rough, and he hit it right in the middle of the club face and moved it ten yards. 
Uh, and so you, you don't want a whole lot of that in your game. It, it, it tends to add up a lot. So you want to get it closer to the green, so you can get more loft on it if you are trying to trying to, to, to you know to get it on the green or in front of the green where you can get it up and down. And so I, I like that strategy as well. I think you now there are some holes or some you know this is the only one of the only courses I've seen on tour in you know three or four years where there, the value of a fairway is that much more important. You know, most times guys really pound it down there and wedge it on the green, and they can still spin it or, or get it close. But here, the value of the fairway is super, super valuable, but still, distance is also valuable, and, and having a, a nine iron from the rough versus a six or five iron is, is quite valuable. So I like his strategy, and it's, it's clearly working for him. <laughs> so how does, he, how does he approach now the weekend? Is he feeling a little more comfortable? I know he talked about how he was nervous on the first hole. Obviously, it would yeah. be the first tee shot of your first major championship. Do you think he's a little more comfortable? Is he settled in to, to the task at hand? Yeah, I think it's business as usual now, Bob. I mean, he's been he's played great for for almost two full years, maybe even two and a half years since we've kind of got the injury stuff under control. And so uh, he's had a lot of opportunities where he's either been in contention on Saturday or Sunday, or maybe back, back a little bit and just you know had to play good rounds. But now, now it's golf. Uh, you know, really, it's business as usual. Play play a good round and see where it leaves us, and see if we can get in position for tomorrow. We're with Derek Ingram, who is the head coach of Team Canada, the coach of Taylor Penrith. He is at Wingfoot for the final 36 of the U.S. Open. Derek, for someone who's never been to Wingfoot in person, uh, give us a, an idea, a, a bird's-eye view of a grounds-eye view is probably even better, because I'm going to ask you about these putting surfaces, these green complexes. How is this outside of Augusta, or maybe including Augusta, potentially? Describe these greens, and, and you know, is there anything comparable? Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I said a lot right there. Ah. <laughs> Almost, I guess, no. Um, they're so, like, we were, we were playing practice round on Tuesday, and they had the stint meter out. And just to give you guys an example, the normal stint meter, let's say, is, is, is eight feet. Well, they had what's called a half stint meter because there wasn't enough flat spots in the wow. green where you could use a full stint meter. And, and Bob and Mark, I'd never even seen a half before. I didn't know I it existed. It. I didn't know it existed. <laughs> so, so the guy's like, oh, yeah, it's just a half. We can't find a flat spot in the green where we can use the full one. At that point, the greens were 12 and a half in the stem, but they really didn't want to get them any faster than 12 and a half or 13. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, Augusta's slopes are, are, are big and gradual, but they're easy to see. There's not a lot of tiny, small hills or subtle ones. Uh, it, it's, and they're still incredible. They're very big slopes, but here it's, I would say it's more, there's a lot more localized and tiny ones that, uh, or smaller ones that you can then work off, and, and it is severe. I mean, it, it's a, it's an unreal golf course, and this is how I said it to Corey yesterday. It was a very disappointing day. Uh, obviously, in the evening, you work all all day, you play, you know, some pretty damn good golf for for 36 holes, and you miss the cut by one. But I'm pretty sure he'll never see another golf course as hard as long as he lives. And if he is, it'll be another situation like this, and we'll be prepared for it. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good way. Derek, I just got to ask you, you mentioned all the guys' names there, uh, Mac and Adam and yeah. Corey. It was really neat to see the three of them playing together. This has been sort of a breakthrough year for all of Canadian golf in so many different ways, having four guys inside the top 100. You've worked with all these guys over the years and as their, their time with yeah. Team Canada and the various levels of it. You got to feel very. I'm sure you've got to feel very proud of what what Canadian golf has been able to achieve, and you've also got to be excited for what's coming up. Um, we've got some good guys coming up, like Taylor, like Adam Svensson, and 
like leading into the race for the Olympic team That's where next I was, year yeah. is going to be yeah. insane. Yeah, you know, it's it's really a great time for for, for golf in Canada, and and you know, I'm obviously thrilled to play a, a small role in the success of all these players, and you know, they're they're not only unbelievable players who are pushing themselves to to be in that Olympic team, to win majors, to you know, to do Canada proud, but they're great friends, and and if they can't win, they want win, they want their buddy to win. It's a real team, Canada. Feel and so and, and they're unreal players, but people as well, like just real gentlemen. So they've got great work ethic. They've been working hard for a long period of time. It's there's no there's no uh, there's no flash in the pans or, or quick hits. You've got to you got to put in your time in golf, and uh, it is it does make me very proud. And I'm I'm thrilled with what's coming up. And and you know I want to I want to keep keep it up. I think you know there's some even younger guys who are looking up to these players and they're saying yeah i, I want to do that and and every week you're seeing canadians on the pga tour having having some success and there's going to be more wins there's going to be more of them playing in majors and so uh, it's it's a great time for canadian golf and uh, yeah it's 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 a real thrill to be around the guys derek thanks so much for your time this morning uh, good luck today go out there have a great day uh wish taylor our best and, uh, and wish him luck from us and uh go get it it's out there it's a tough track and uh Go have a, a fun day and enjoy it, and thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks very much for having me, guys. We're sure going to have a blast today. Great awesome. stuff. Derek Ingram, who is the coach for Taylor Penrith, who is at 5 over par, who has made it to the weekend alongside Adam Hadwin, the two Canadians that made it to Saturday, and still very much part of this golf tournament because uh, we're going to have a train wreck today. <laughs> That's right. You and just, if you, make sure you're on the right track. Yeah, just make saying. sure you're on the right track. So good luck. Go get it. On the other side, Bob. We're giving away the Oof. grand prize. I've been thinking about this all last night. 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Somebody, somebody walking away with a full set and tour experience. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we wrap up Hour 1 here, getting you set for the final 36. TSN 1 in 4 is the kickoff to the U.S. Open coverage this morning at 9 a.m. So stay with us till 10 a.m. because we're going to do some fantasy on the other side to get you set for what we anticipate for the next 36 holes. And then you can flip over immediately to U.S. Open coverage. Again, TSN 1 and 4. Reminder as well, September 28th and 29th is the Ontario Disability Championship at Woodington Lake Golf Club, our friends at Woodington Lake. Again, September 28th and 29th. So next Saturday, we're going to have some preview coverage of the Disability Championship as well for our province. And this week, uh, Golf Talk Canada Television, a 60-minute uh, wrap-up show of the U.S. Open of what went down at Winged Foot. Okay, our Twitter poll question this week was... Do you prefer your U.S. Open winning score over par? 44% say yes. So 44% of our listening audience and our viewership and our Twitter audience, 44% like the U.S. Open winner over par. 
21% say no, 35% don't care. In other words, I guess they just want to see a good tournament and they don't care where the winning score lands. Do those numbers surprise you, Bob? Uh, I'm a little surprised at the last one. The don't, don't care. care. I sort of thought that people would be one way or the other, but I'm not sure. I'm just actually scrambling here to look up and see how many times in recent years the winning score was under par. Won't be as often as... as last it, year, obviously. Yeah, last year. And, of course, Marion won it's over. Actually, okay, so here, here's an interesting one, two, three, four, five, six. In the last six years, how many times do you think the winning score was under par? So six years goes back to 2014? So that goes back to Pinehurst. Pinehurst. So Pinehurst was not... Pinehurst, Chambers Bay, Oakmont, Aaron Hills, Shinnecock, and Pebble Beach. How many of those do you think were unfinished with under par? Two. Five. No, I'm saying over par. Over par. Two or over par. I'm going to say five o- were under par. Five were under par. So what, what oh. one did I get wrong? I said Oakmont and Shinnecock I thought were over par winners. Uh, the only one over par was Shinnecock. Okay, what was Oakmont? Oakmont was four under. Really? Yeah, nine under at Pinehurst, five under at Chambers Bay, four under at Oakmont. 16 under at Aaron Hills, of course. Yeah. One over at Shinnecock and 13 under last year at Pebble. Well, thus the conversation of people having has the U.S. Open lost its identity. Yeah. It hasn't this week. No. It has not this week. That's right. Yeah, I thought for some reason I I was including Oakmont. I knew Shinnecock. Okay. But I was some, for some reason I thought Oakmont was over par. Not not the case. Amazing, right? Only one, Bob. I would have had a lot that it was. That it was Oakmont was over. Yeah, of course, Marion 2013, which is hilarious because it was 6,900 yards yeah. and one over one. So the rough, that was the longest rough I have ever seen at a U.S. Open in my life. It was ridiculous. I, I would also People were getting hurt. I would also say I've never seen smaller fairways. Yeah, like what was the average fairway with like 18 yards? There or was something? some that were there was one that was 16. I remember yeah. that, and I remember they were, they had a par three. It was the first time they had a really really long par three. Yes. I remember David Hearn calling it the drivable par three. Drivable par three. That's right. I love that. All right, uh, let's bring in master producer himself, Mr. Adam Scully, because it is that time. 20 weeks at TaylorMade. Do we have a drum roll? We started it way back. Uh, you go ahead, Bob. Just play them on the well, counter. The <laughs> They're going to get us one. Maybe we, not. we have had, we've, uh, you know, asked you to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. Every week, randomly giving away a look at that. Bob's looking at Bob's like perfect tempo Channeling on that drum. My inner Neil Peart. Well done. Uh, you know, we've given away over 20,000 in tailor made product across 20 weeks, but it ends right now with a grand prize. Adam Scully, who is walking away through the bag, driver, fairway wood, hybrid, irons, wedges, putter, custom fit, full kitten caboodle. Who's our winner, Skulls? Okay, gents, our grand prize winner, a through the bag, full fitting at TaylorMade, is Matt Martinow from Port Dover, Ontario. Matt, you are our grand prize winner. We'll be in touch with you very shortly. You'll be going to TaylorMade HQ for a full fitting. Wow. Well done. Well done, Matt. Congratulations, Matt. Thank you, everybody, for following yes, us. Go! <laughs> and jumping in and having fun uh, with Matt. us. He just got that was it. Right we there. heard it right from Port Dover. And uh, we'll be doing it again next year. And uh, over the winter, Bob and I will update you on uh, when it's kicking off and how it's kicking off. But I would anticipate somewhere around Masters time. Original I, Masters I would time. anticipate there may be a few more little giveaways before the, uh, the years. I would say, know, yes. The odd ones here and there. Yes. Well, we're going to do... I'm very excited to do our year in review... 
and Festivus combined this year. Wow. On uh, It's the middle of December, Saturday morning. So we will certainly, in the Festivus spirit, Bob, uh, there will be feats of strength, airing of grievances, <laughs> but there will also be giveaways. Perfect. So there will also <laughs> And I think, uh, Adam, I will be wearing my Luce Libra wrestling mask, which I usually don on top of my Festivus pole. I will, will wear it for our Festivus special. Oh, he's gone. Scully's left. Not sure. No, oh, I'm not is. quite sure about that play. Sorry, my, my mic was off. Not Sorry. quite sure about that uh, the Luce uh, fashion Libre? choice. Mark, you always say the first good decision on the golf course starts in the closet. <laughs> Uh, maybe don't go there. All right. That's uh, not good, eh? No. <laughs> All right. Scully will be back with us uh, for uh, several segments at the in, in the next hour. We're going to take a look at players who missed the cut. A lot of big names, including Tiger and Phil. Some surprises as to wait, maybe where people are on this leaderboard. We're going to do stardom, sit them. We're going to do winners, weird and what. There are some other golf going on around the world. We'll take a look at some other leaderboards all coming up on the other side of hour two here at GTC. Um, Bob, we got about... Oh, about a minute left. Um, Dustin Johnson, we just did an hour of Golf Talk Canada, which was primarily U.S. Open Talk. And we have yet to say the name Dustin Johnson. He's at three over par. Where are we thinking here? Uh, you know, he just stumbled into the house yesterday, otherwise had a really good round. I thought, uh, I, th- I don't think he's out of it yet. He's probably the number one guy on my list. If you're saying who's going to make the biggest move, I think it could be DJ. If he shoots 68 today... At one over par, where is he? Top three. Wow, there you go. There you go. That's why you tune in, folks. Right there. <laughs> For that the good stuff. Right <laughs> is the good stuff. Right there. I love it. I love it. All right, on the other side, Adam Scully. Who missed the cut? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada as we get set for the final 36 at the U.S. Open. Uh, Our friends at Woodington Lake just reached out to me, obviously watching or listening this morning, and said for Festivus over the winter, we have no details, so we'll put the details together, but they are going to do a 2021 membership giveaway at Woodington Lake Golf Club for next year. Yeah, so at some point we will have details, we'll figure this out, but just a heads up on that. Uh, Jamie Rydell was uh, reaching out to you, of course, our senior golf producer here, also uh, CFL producer, and suggested that his t- uh, 20 Weeks of TaylorMade record is the same as Bob Weeks' media draw record at Augusta. There's only one difference. Is that J- I-, I have a ticket in the draw at- for the media draw. Jamie doesn't really have a have ticket. Yeah, the- <laughs> <laughs> he can keep entering all he wants, but yeah, he's yeah. going to win. Uh, <laughs> interesting stat, and Justin Ray... Um, from uh, Golf Channel or Golf, 
He's actually with the uh, Oh, sorry, he's not there anymore. 15th Club, no. 15th Club, my, my apologies. Uh, this is a stat I heard earlier this week, but he's elaborated on it. I heard it earlier this week, and, and I, I don't think that is the case right now. So I'm going to say this is one of those years that this does not occur. But 18, 18 of the last 20. How many? 18. <laughs> okay. Of the last 20 U.S. Open champions have been within two shots of the lead through 36 holes of wow. the U.S. Open. And since 1993, through 36 holes, all champions have been within six. I say that this is one of those years where that trend is potentially broken. I, I truly believe that if you made the cut, you have a chance to win this car crash, this train wreck that is about to occur over the next 36 holes. You're, you're basing that on the fact that probably the guys who are at the top of the leaderboard right now are going to come back, right? Four. Yeah, I just think that those stats, th- what, what Justin tweeted out there, I think lends itself to what you were talking about before we went to break. That there's only been one uh, over par champion in the last seven U.S. Opens. So when you have a golf course where you can keep positive yardage on the board and you can keep making birdies and keep adding rounds in the 60s like a regular golf tournament, that when you get to that lead, that lead means something. But when you get in a tournament like this where that lead every day is falling back, it's not about making birdies and moving up. It's about plugging holes in the damned wall, right? Yeah. That's, that's it's breaking on you. It's... it's um... I agree, and I, I think that if you can smell a funny kind of burning smell in the air right now, it's the it's from those sub-airs that's been running underneath the green all night long that are just sucking the moisture 100%. out. And the, what about the karma in this twosome? That, that Patrick Reed said it's going to be a very comfortable twosome. <laughs> For those two, maybe. I don't know. Like... It's going to be, if, if anything at all, if there's any negative energy that enters the bubble of that final group, it could potentially implode. Yeah, I think, I think the golf course will change, the, especially the greens, because I think they did keep them soft so they could get everybody through in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Shorter, yes. uh, shorter. And now uh, we dial daylight. her up. Now you just dial it up and, uh, and see, hang on, boys, because here you go. I agree. Okay, taking a look at players who missed the cut, we're going to have some Tiger Woods audio here as well. Um, but before we get to that, some big names that missed the cut. Uh, Colin Morikawa at plus seven is an absolute shock to me. I had him on my team this week, our fantasy team. Um, absolutely shocked. Corey Connors misses the cut this week. Tommy Fleetwood, Mackenzie Hughes, Justin Rose, Justin Rose, Bob. Uh, who are you shocked? And we're going to go to Adam for this as well. Out of the big names that missed the cut, obviously Phil and Tiger being in there. Who are you most shocked that isn't playing the weekend? Um, for me, it's Morikawa. Probably, yeah, probably Morikawa coming off a win at the PGA Championship. You know, this is only the second time that uh, Tiger and Phil. Have both been in a major and both missed the cut. Really? What was the, the time second, previous? The other time was uh, last year's Open Championship. There you go. And and let's not forget that in 2006, when the U.S. Open was at Wingfoot, Tiger Woods missed the cut. Yeah, He's never right. made a cut in a yeah. U.S. Open no, at Wingfoot. Those were extenuating circumstances. His yes. father had just passed away. Yes. The two guys, you know, I mean, Jordan Spieth, who shot an 81 yesterday and basically admitted that he's completely lost, uh, is, is not a surprise, and yet it still is in right. some ways. And there's two guys on this list that... I don't know where their games have gone. They've played bad for a while now, and that's Mark Leishman and Brant Snedeker. Like those two guys have not been in, con- you know, real yeah. contention for a while. I don't yeah. know. I just they're they're both great players, and I'm sure they'll get back at it. But 
Uh, Leishman with a brilliant performance in January at the Farmers on a hard golf course. Yeah, exactly. Against an amazing field. He beats John Rahm coming down the stretch and then goes right off a cliff for the rest of the year. And Tommy Fleetwood, who's played well in the past U.S. Opens, he was runner-up at Shinnecock. Uh, I was a little surprised at that. Was on a lot of guys' lists this week. Adam, huge names. Uh, Obviously, the two biggest being Tiger and Phil. But if you had to lean here and go, I'm shocked that that guy is not pegging it up today. Who is it for you? I mean, you guys mentioned Justin Rose there, and he's been sort of shaky since the pandemic pause. But he did have a t- he did have a ninth place finish at the PGA Championship, sort of out of nowhere. So I thought Rosie would play this as well. Obviously, won the 2013 U.S. Open as well. A guy like Kevin Kisner as well had a good finish at the BMW Championship, a pair of 76s. Uh, Kevin got in some hot water for some comments on Twitter earlier this week, so that might have been on his mind a little bit. Uh, pretty surprised with with Kevin Kisner not making the cut, but as well, there were more rounds of 84. Or or higher yesterday than rounds in the 60s. Pretty wild at Wingfoot. Yeah, incredible when you when you take a look at the numbers that way. Okay, Tiger plus 10, Phil plus 13, plus 23. I felt bad watching both of them. It like I felt for them watching it. It was Phil. Phil, did you hear that when they, the sound picked up? He's, Phil hit a shot that was so far offline. He says, "Oh, I'm so tired of this." Yeah. And I, I thought, you know, I mean, I was joking uh, earlier this week. I said, "Oh, look at Phil. He's gonna come, gonna get all the momentum coming in off that Champions Tour win." Where you know, I mean, the fairways right, were sixty right. yards wide, but you do get a little mow off playing probably some fairly decent golf. But he was nowhere. Yeah, there's also no lock guys that Phil Mickelson's at Torrey Pines next year, right? Mm-hmm. Well, not... you're right. He's got he could be out. There's a couple ways he can get in. Yeah, stay inside the top sixty in the world ranking. He's fifty third right now, so it's not a huge stretch. The bigger opening for me though would be maybe winning the uh, U.S. Senior Open. I was going to say, but he needs to do one of those two things, or uh, or you know. Basically, maintain his world golf ranking or improve it, or win the U.S. Senior Open, or or Phil's not going to be. Uh, you know, I had this conversation with Matt Cause, who did the afternoon show in Toronto this week, and I said, I, I hate to talk like this because I'm a huge Phil fan, but he's 50 years old, guys, and I'm wondering that you know maybe there's. Yeah, Matt asked me better chance of a gallery at Tory Pines or Phil Mickelson at Tory okay. Pines, and I said gallery. Yeah. I said gallery. Uh, Tiger Woods uh, missing the cut. Before we jump into Tiger, let's hear some audio from Tiger Woods. Frustrating that I'm, I'm not going to be here for the weekend and be able to uh, compete for this uh, great championship. Um, it feels like the the way the golf course is changing and is turning and that uh, anybody who makes the cut has has the opportunity to, uh, to win this championship. And... Uh, uh, I, I didn't give myself that opportunity. Yeah, hard to watch. It's hard to say that. Jamie Rydell just texted me as well about the special exemption, but but Phil has been op- open yeah. so far about saying he doesn't want a special right. exemption. Right. He wouldn't accept it. So I'm I'm going on Phil's words to say <laughs> you know that he wouldn't, and I believe that. I believe that Phil's kind of always been that guy, and you know, you, I don't think he'd accept it. But you mentioned uh, Phil being fifty, and Tigers, Tigers. In, in golf years, I think it's 50 as well. I agree, because right? it's a it's a beaten up uh, 44, right? Graham uh, Bellette had a great comment last night on our hit on uh, in Sports Center, and, and if anyone would know, Graham would know. He said, you know, there's a guy who used to walk standing up, walk sort of proud and, and almost like he owned the shop kind of feel, you know, mm-hmm. and you don't see that too much anymore. And the back, the limitations on the back means a limitation on the ability to practice you can't put in the grinding work like you used to. So I think there's a lot of things working against Tiger. So thoughts when you saw him through the 36? Because I kind of, I hate to say it, but I got exactly what what I expected. Adam, I know he was kind of on your list 
as a guy to watch for this week. I know you won your uh, bag of chips and a hot dog off me last week with your Ricky Barnes. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention anything, yeah, no, but... I, I was. You, you're, we're all square on the hot dog and bag of chips. Uh, but Tiger... Um, I, this is exactly kind of what I thought we'd see, and it, and, it, and it was hard to watch. I didn't enjoy watching it. What did you think? So I thought his second round was hard to watch, but I thought he played pretty well in that first round. He got a lot of bad breaks. He missed four fairways in the first 12 holes by a total of probably six feet. He was just in the rough. He barely got a ball airborne on his eighth hole in the first round. He made five birdies in the first round as well. Just some bad mistakes. He double bogeyed the 18th hole in both rounds, trying to play the hero flop shot, rolling back to his feet. The putter looked... Maybe a little bit better, but not so much. Uh, I'm curious to see where we see Tiger next. Apparently, it will be at Sherwood and then the Masters. But we want to see more reps. He needs more tournament reps if he's going to contend at the Masters well, in November. We've I think. been saying, yeah, we've been saying that the entire year. And I think those are the. the I think you see Tiger three more times this year, and one of them is in a sanctioned event. I think you see him at uh, at Sherwood to to defend his Zozo. You'll see him at Augusta, and then you'll see him at his Hero World Challenge in Albany. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. He's. Uh... I, the reps thing now to me is sort of a, a, a past story. I think he's played enough now that his game is in some kind of competitive yeah, shape. Yeah, oh, for sure. We're still not seeing it. So, right. uh, you but you got to play your way out of this stuff, don't you, Bob? Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he can. I don't know if he's got enough back left to to, to be able it? to play week in and week out. But, uh, but you're right. It's there's you know the, the 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 glory days of Tiger are behind us. He may have some moments where he surprises us, and I hope. Maybe one of them is at Augusta. Yeah, th- and that's kind of what it is. And I think it's picking your spots with, with Tiger moving the rest of the way. And I said this two years ago, and I'll st- still say it now. Pick it with the exception of Augusta, because there's no rough, and, and the home course knowledge there is so important. With the exception of Augusta, it's picking your spots with Tiger, and those spots have changed. They're not Torrey Pines anymore. They're not the Memorial anymore. Those... Places don't work for Tiger anymore where he's given up 20, 30 yards and, and, and hitting it in the rough. It's going to be different golf courses, shorter golf courses, irons off the tee golf courses. Uh, you know, like Harbortown. He should have played Harbortown. Valspar. Um, if we're going to break Colonial. Sa- yeah. If we're going to Colonial, perfect spot. Should have started his season at Colonial in the heat in Texas on a perfect Tiger Woods 3.0 or 4.0 Tiger Woods golf course. Uh, he's got to change his schedule. He's got to change his way of thinking if he's going to get 83. That's I think, how I feel. I, I think you're right, but I don't think it's happening. I think he's <laughs> as, if there's a stubborn guy in this world, I mean, just look at his putter. He won't well, change I, that. I, change the grip this I week, but you. he won't change the putter. All right, on the other side, uh, we're going to do stardom sit him. But before we get to stardom sit him, how many of your picks, guys, from our three fantasy picks this week still have a chance to, to win? I, I have lost a pick. Colin Morikawa was one of my picks. He is on the outside looking in. I still have two picks with an opportunity to win this golf tournament. John Rahm was my favorite uh, to win this golf tournament. He's at one over par, and I really like Daniel Berger because of his scrambling ability. He's at three over par. So I have Rahm and Berger still in the mix here. Bob, who do you have left here? You know, i got to be honest with you. I can't remember who I picked because what I, see, I, have this, I have this strategy at major championships. You know, I get asked on radio shows. I get oh, asked you change on, them everywhere you go. I change them everywhere. So somewhere I'm going to be look good, really good. No, I had Xander Shoffley, so I think... Uh, Even par very much I in this. I think he's in there. And uh, I had Louis Ustase. In Who's also one. very much in this. So you've got two guys in the mix as well. And Scully, I know you had Tiger, so we say goodbye to Mr. Woods. Uh, what were your other picks, and are they in the mix? So I didn't actually have Tiger on our fantasy oh, show. I thought you did. I, I just had him in my heart, of course. Oh, no, so I, had, I just uh, assume you have him. Sorry. I had Mackenzie Hughes. He missed yes. the cut, unfortunately. Yeah. I had Jason Day. 
who's well off the pace, but you never know. And yep. I have Webb Simpson as ah, well. Ah, so you've got one guy really in the mix there with Webb, mm-hmm. so, and I think a very good puck. Okay, on the other side, start him, sit him. For the next 36, who are we putting on the field? Who are we sitting on the bench? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. All right, welcome back to GTC. The family's all in the house as we get set for 36, the final 36 at the U.S. Open. Probably the most difficult 36 we're going to see all year. Pretty safe to probably... Uh, guess that. So it's time to do Stardom Sidham. Uh, some of our original fantasy picks from the week. We all have two guys still in the mix uh, and kind of hovering in the right spot. Adam, let's start with you here. We got 36 holes to go. This leaderboard, if you think it's jammed now, it's probably going to be even more jammed when we start the final round tomorrow. Who are you starting and why? So I decided to go a little further down the leaderboard here, and I went Webb Simpson as my starter. He has rounds of 71-71. He's six shots off the pace. I think he can post a number early. He's teeing off about 90 minutes before the leaders tee off. He's second and third round scoring back in the 2019-20 season. I like Webb in the third round here. Fifth in fairways hit this week. Sixth in greens and regulation. Ninth in strokes gained off the tee. Sixteenth in strokes gained putting. I think Webb's going to post a number early, and he might be in the one, one of the final final groups uh, come Sunday. I love this pick, and I love it for multiple reasons. Not just because of what Adam uh, laid out for us. He also led the overall scoring average of the PGA Tour last season, but when Webb won at Olympic, when he won his U.S. Open, he was one of those two in the last 20 that was not two off the lead with 36 holes to go. He did exactly at Olympic what Adam's suggesting he's going to do this week. He went out early on Saturday, made a little move up the leaderboard, got in the clubhouse, watched the carnage, did the same thing Sunday. It was right there for Sunday. gets it done. Bob, who are you starting? Coincidentally, I'm starting Webb Simpson. Ah, <laughs> okay. Good minds think alike. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so just to kind of pile on there, seven, uh, seven and nine fairways. Doesn't sound like a lot, but it's actually a lot. <laughs> That's right. a lot of fairways hit. And 11th and 13 greens in regulation he's hit. So he's hitting lots of greens. That's a lot of he's hitting greens. lots of fairways. He is tied for 47th in putting. So if his putter gets a little better, which I suspect it will, or not get any worse, uh, I think that uh, that Webb's going to make a move. Yeah, the, if the putter wakes up at all. And I also like the fact, guys, that it steady goes the ship for Webb Simpson. He's two over par. He's 71-71. There's not pizza. He didn't go out and shoot 67 then follow it up with a 76. There's no roller coaster happening here. And, you know, in some golf tournaments, the roller coaster's fine because if there's a 62 out there, get on the roller coaster because, if you, you know, today might be that 62. doesn't happen at a U.S. Open. No. It, it is, it's a plotter's paradise. And I don't know if there's a better plotter than Webb Simpson right now in the game of golf. So I like the steady goes to the ship, 71-71. He's at two over par heading into Saturday. And my guy that I'm starting is kind of in a similar spot. Oh, I'm going with my original pick. Okay. John Rahm. He was my original pick at the start of the week. 
Again, steady goes the ship. 69 Thursday, 72 yesterday. Not a lot of highs, not a lot of lows. Maybe hasn't played his best golf tournament yet in relation to the field in this tournament. He's the number two player in the world. The only thing missing on this guy's resume is a major championship. And to your point, Bob, you know, like you said, seven fairways. That's a lot. Well, Rom's right there with six, and he's kind of middle of the pack in every category here. So I'm thinking, like, there's not an, a, a part of his game that is really suffering right now. You know, he's kind of just better than average in putting, just better than average in driving distance, just better than average in driving accuracy. He's, like, checking all the boxes. And to me, that screams U.S. Open brutal 36. And I still think at one over par, going off at 108 today alongside uh, Stephen Yeager, you got the moves like Yeager, uh, that we have not seen the best golf from Rom yet this week. And so I'm kind of going where you guys are going with Webb at two over. I'm going Rom one over. I'm just sticking with my original pick. I think John Rom is much closer to the lead after today's round than he is currently. Right now, five off the pace. He probably cuts that in half. He's going to be two and a half off the pace. Like that? Two and a half <laughs> They're off They're going to give him a half shot. Half somewhere. shot. That's All right, Skulls, who's riding the pines, baby? Before I go to my sit Mark, I, I want to bring up this point with John Rahm that maybe, you know, a couple weeks ago we spoke after the BMW Championship as well on our TSN Edge hits this week about, you know, his temper on the golf course. And there were a couple times yesterday where it looked like he was going to snap the club over the knee. He was getting a little hot. How do you think he'll be able to handle that temper for the final 36 holes? Well, I think he showed us at the BMW that when it, when push comes to shove, like I said, he's always going to be Rom. The mm. Spaniards are fiery. they got that uh, Latino heat going, right? Like, I love that about it. Yep. But he also has proven to us that when push comes to shove at the BMW, when he had to settle it down, he could focus that energy and put it in the right spot. This is a different guy than three years ago. I think he's going to be fine. Uh, I think... He's going to quickly realize in the first nine holes that he's much closer to winning this golf tournament. I, I think the emotion that he shows now uh, more often helps him than hurts him. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. as you said, he's learned to kind of know when to use it. Okay, so here's this. Before we get to your sit mm-hmm. So John Rahm is one over, and he goes off at 108. So at 3.30 p.m. ET, John Rahm is currently five off the pace. Webb Simpson, six off the pace. At 3.30 this afternoon, where are they in terms of pace? Because I bet you they are within two, three shots of the lead, both of them, at 3.30 this afternoon. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're I think they're I think they're within two, maybe. There you go. Yeah. So there you go. Okay, Scully, who you who's riding the pines? Okay, so I am sitting Jason Kokrak. Rounds of 68, 71. He is three shots off the base. His best previous uh his previous best finish, I should say, in a major championship was a T19 at the 2018 PGA Championship. So he doesn't have all that much experience in majors. Third in strokes gained putting. He was 151st last season on the PGA Tour. I don't see that putter uh, staying hot. I'm sitting Jason Kokrak. How about you, Bob? Uh, Jason Kokrak, born in Canada, by the True. way. North Bay, correct? You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to sit Rafa Cabrera Bayo. I think uh, the, the, the stats, when I looked at his stats, the one thing that kind of scared me is he's third in fairways, which is great, fairways hit, but he's tied for 22nd in greens and regulation, and I'm thinking that doesn't really compute. Like, you should be better in, in greens and reg, I think, if you're hitting from the fairways a lot more. He had eight greens on Friday, seven fairways. I, I'm, uh, I don't know. I think I'm, I just don't see this, uh, this holding up for Rafa for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, I, 
eventually, like, that breaks down, right? right. Unless if you're you... hitting fairways, you should be hitting greens. Right. I, I know I, you're tough. I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy, but I, I like that you got to connect those two numbers. Yeah. And if they're not connecting, or those two columns, so right. to speak, I think you're right, Bob. All right, guys, my sit this week, I'm going right to the top of the food chain, and it's to what Bob and I were speaking of off the top of the show. Uh, our leader, Patrick Reed, I'm putting on the pines. A I mean, bold wow. move here. he's four under par, and I mean, every star has had to align for him to get here. He had a hole-in-one. He is making every putt known to man. Derek Ingram was on an hour one. He talked about how brutally difficult these greens are. You can't out-putt the field to this extent and and bring that as the only uh, tool in your arsenal. He's not hitting fairways. He's not hitting greens. I mean, all, the only thing he's doing right now is carrying around a massive horseshoe and making 20-footers. How is that a game plan? He's... You know, we were t- Adam was talking about Tiger a few minutes ago about how he was missing fairways by like a foot and six <laughs> inches and getting horrible lies. Uh, Patrick Reed is missing fairways by 10 yards and getting great lies. Yes. That's what's happening. Yes. And that's what I mean. Like the horseshoe he's carrying around is insane. He's hitting it crooked. He's hitting it short. He's hitting it sideways. But you're making every putt known to man and carrying around a horseshoe for 36. That's a big horseshoe to lug around for 36. This is a hard golf course. You don't want all that iron on your back. <laughs> and that's the way I'm looking at this, guy. So we'll see. It's a bold one. I'm, I'm, I'm putting Reed on the bench. But I do love the dynamic here. Adam, on the other side, we're going to do winners, weird, and what. Before we go to a break, mm-hmm. what about the energy here, guys? This dynamic in the Reed DeChambeau. What are you expecting energy? Because I said earlier in the show to Bob... The minute any darkness cracks in the sky into this twosome, the way they are, like I, this could go. This I could be way off base here, but I mean, if the energy turns in this group, these are two guys that could go sideways. And, like this, go off the rails. You, these guys tomorrow, if the leader's going off tomorrow at two twenty-five, these guys could be going off at twelve thirty tomorrow. Yeah, they could be. It'll be really curious to see. Now, they actually also had they had a duel at the WGC Mexico back in February, which feels like yes. about two years ago. Yeah, they were playing like... in different groups. Yes. But I'm curious to see how these guys play. And if it goes off the rails, who knows? I mean, Bryson might have yeah. 10 protein shakes. Who knows? You know, the, the disappointing thing about this is, wouldn't it be great if there was a New York crowd yes. following oh. these guys and giving them the oh, what for? Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> oh, it's missing. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. That would have been so much fun. Okay, what's the over-under on a rules official and a rules situation today with this final group? we got to have one at some point, don't we? 100%. Oh. Something's <laughs> happening, right? It's, ha- it's happening. Oh, it's happening for sure. All right, guys, on the other side, three dub, winners, weird, and what? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. The smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. All right, 30 minutes to go, GTC this morning. Uh, U.S. Open, it's on its way, TSN 1 and 4 as we get you set. Uh, players just on the golf course. Bob saw Adam Scott wearing a toque at uh, Wingfoot in, uh, in the coverage. I think it was Adam Scott. 
You thought it was I. And Adam Scully just texted you from the other side of the glass. We have a frost delay at Bayview Golf and Country Club this morning. We're that's the there. first frost delay I've heard of this year. There you go. Ninety so. minutes too, boys. Ninety that's minutes. A that's deep a long frost one. Delay. So is that? I guess does that frost? I guess happen down in the valley where there's shade and they just can't get any sun yeah. on it, Scully. Down I, in the lower. I guess holes? so. But I mean, it was four degrees driving in this morning. Yeah. yeah. September nineteenth. Come on. Yeah, I think we're going to see a little spike in temperatures if you're in the southern Ontario region. Uh, if you're listening or watching this morning in southern Ontario, we're going to have a little quick return of summer, but I don't think it's going to last very long. Mid-20s, but uh, by the way, it was Patrick Cantley wearing that It was hat. Patrick Cantley. Okay. All right. soft, He's the delicate flower. Here. Is yours. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right, before I get into my winner, my weird, and my what, I just want to let you all know that today... Do you know what today is? It's International Talk Like a Pirate Day. So I'm going to do my winner's weird and what... Talking like a pirate. Oh, God. So here we go. Arr. Arr. So my winner today is Baba Watson. Her, And the reason I'm doing it for <laughs> Baba Watson is because he shot a nice round yesterday, even though he ended with a double bogey. But he came <laughs> off after the round and said, i got to put things in perspective because Hurricane Sally was bearing down on my hometown of Baghdad, Florida. And I'm going to... He was worried about all the people in Baghdad, Florida. And it's a serious, serious... Thing. You know what you're starting to sound like? Someone at Bell Boca uh, Vista who didn't get the blue plate special is what you're starting to sound like right now. Anyway, it's all serious. Bubba Watson did say that uh, the Hurricane Sally hit his hometown of Baghdad, Florida, and um, he, was, he was actually going to pull out and go home to try and help people there and figure out what he can do. It's a serious situation for him, but his wife told him, no, stay there. We'll get there uh, when we get back, and he's going to try and help things. And so that double bogey didn't seem all that bad once he got through there. Wow. All right. My weird this week is the European <laughs> Tour. <laughs> They're going to allow spectators back on the golf course oh. at the Scottish Open. But you know what's weird about it? They're only letting 650 people on the golf course. That's not many. That's not many at all. That's what makes it weird. Social distancing at its <laughs> yes. finest. They're going to do it as a test. And it's going to be at the Renaissance Club, the Scottish Open, and all the revenue will be donated to charity. Arr. When is that event, Bob? Do you know? Two weeks from now. Well, who Arr. wants to be on a golf course in Scotland two weeks from now anyway? You'd <laughs> freeze to death. Arr. You 650 <laughs> people. <Arr. laughs> All right. My what this week is, what a tough tournament for the LPGA Tour. They were playing out in Portland where they had the fires were going on. And arr, there's a <laughs> lot of smoke and ash in the air. And I texted with Elena Sharp last night. And she said it has cleared up a little bit because they've had some rain. There's the parrot. There's a parrot. And he There's said that parrot. she said that her throat was sore and her eyes were a little uh, red from all the smoke. But she said it's bearable now, and she's playing. And she shot a first round one under par. There you go. Arr. No, it's not a one under par. It's one under par. Arr. <laughs> all right. Who has the tea now? I got it. Oh, Mark, you have the tea. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Scully, I never saw that coming. <laughs> I never, you know what? I, yeah. I never that, saw yeah, that coming. That was unbelievable. When, when Mrs. Golf Talk Canada said, have a good show, 
when I left the house this morning, at no point did she say, and enjoy Bob's pirate. you got to remember, it's international talk like a pirate day. There you go. Okay, guys, my winner. I'm convinced that Bob's the voice of the Flying Dutchman from SpongeBob. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh, my. Okay, my winner this week, I don't know if you guys saw this, a Georgia man was sentenced to two years in federal prison for pleading guilty to a scheme to steal identities to obtain Masters Tournament tickets. Wow. Stephen Michael Freeman, 42, of Athens. He's got three members of his family that were kind of in this, uh, by the looks of it, in in the kind of scam with them. He's going to jail for two years, 28 months to be exact, for Augusta scheme to get badges. Bob, you've got some recent, uh, actually, an update on this story. Well, uh, if you put your name in for practice round tickets, they made the announcement in the draw this week, and um, there's a lot of uh, people who are going to get this letter. I'm just going to pull it up here. It says... uh, We have completed the selection process for the 2021 practice rounds and daily tournament tickets and regret your application was not selected for tickets. There you go. Be sure to visit Masters.com in June 2021 for details regarding the ticket application for the 2022 Masters. Yeah, thanks for playing our little game. Just keep trying. Just play our little. All right, so that, that's I love that's it. That's serious. that's my winner. That's my winner this week. You go. You you play around with Augusta badges. 28 sure, no. months. Yeah. Gone. Wow. Prison. Federal. Love it. Okay. My weird this week, I didn't realize that I uh, had a pirate story in my <laughs> winner's room. But now I realize I have a pirate story because my weird this week, JT Poston. I don't know if you guys caught this. Oh, yeah. This is remarkable. Yes. So it has the pirate theme because, as you know, most pirates wear an eye patch. Yeah. And they JT can't see was. through the one eye. So JT Poston opened with a 71, a really decent opening round at the U.S. Open. Went to the range, work on his game as he's hitting golf balls on the range. A rock, a pebble from underneath the turf on the range flies up and hits him in the eye. Scratches his retina to the point where he can't see and his eyes are watering. He goes to medical and, you know, they do everything they can, but it's like, Sorry, all this needs is time. It will heal, but it's going to take time. He goes out yesterday basically with one eye, (laughs) and shoots 82, Bob, with one eye. So if wing foot isn't tough enough, try it with one eye. That's uh, that's a uh, bold move for him to play. I know he was talking about possibly withdrawing, but... but Man, I, well, he said his depth perception and everything, yeah. his alignment was off all day just trying to play this golf course through one eye. Unbelievable, right? Crazy story. And, guys, this is my what, and, I, and I've been thinking about this a while, and, you know, I, I've been meaning for us to really chat about this more, and we haven't, but I think now's the appropriate time to, to talk about this. Jordan Spieth shot 73-81, 14 over par. We didn't even mention his name. When we talked about uh, big names that missed the cut, players that missed the cut, we didn't even say, Jordan Speed, we didn't even comment. It's like he's no longer even in that class. Hasn't won since the 2017 uh, Open Championship. That's, you know, almost four seasons ago now. Uh, what is it going to take for Jordan Spieth to blow up his camp? And, 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 and I am not taking a shot at Cameron McCormick, who's a great instructor. Michael Greller. Michael Greller, who's his caddy. I, I'm not, this is not a knock on them. But when you are this lost in the wilderness, and that's his words, I'm lost. And you have been lost for as long as he's been lost. 
at what point do you go, okay, I need doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is the definition of insanity, right? How many times has that been overused? But you but it's true. And you need to hear maybe a different perspective, different set of eyes, create a different atmosphere around you. Just staying in the lane, being as loyal to he's being loyal almost to a fault. I'm I'm assuming it's loyalty amongst other things. Bob, like, are you not shocked at this point? that there hasn't been a caddy change, coach change, equipment change. The first rule uh, when you're stuck in a hole, you know, stop digging. Right. So I think you're right. Uh, I'm shocked a little bit. But maybe it's an end-of-the-year thing. Maybe he gets through the Masters and recalibrates from there. But uh, just watching him stand over the driver, and it takes him about 30 seconds to pull the trigger, and you just think of what's spinning around in that head. It's it's hard to watch. Adam, same to you before I throw you the tee. Are you not just shocked that Spieth has not completely blown this up? It's puzzling, and I know David Duvall had some comments earlier in the week where maybe Jordan should just go play golf, you know, without a cell phone, you know, don't have someone film your swing all the time. Just play the game for fun. Try to, you know, have some more natural instincts. Mm-hmm. And for Jordan Spieth, it's puzzling to watch. He hasn't, as you said, won since the 2017 Open Championship. He just looks absolutely lost right now. I wouldn't be surprised if there's at least some sort of, whether it's caddy change from Michael Greller or Cameron McCormick swing change or swing coach change before the end of the year. Maybe he needs to go on one of those Bahamas vacations yes. again with the boys. Well, that's it. Boys, we get, I, I will tell you this. It's funny you mentioned what you said, Adam. Just I'll, I'll wrap this up very quickly because I, I, I got to give you the tea, but you know, I was the guy screaming for years for Tiger to get rid of his swing coaches and, and and get rid of the junk, go to the dark corner of the range and just learn to hit shots again because, the as Hogan would say, the answers are in the dirt. And in this modern-day game, these guys have teams of 12 people building their golf swings. And I think Jordan Spieth has reached that moment in time, to David Duvall's point, and to what I was screaming about with Tiger for all those years, Go to a dark corner by yourself and learn to love the game again and learn to hit shots again because I think he has just turned it into this 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 mechanical. Yeah, I have a friend, Robert Arms, listens to the show all the time. He says, when golf becomes circumcision, you've got a problem, right? Because <laughs> that's what it looks like right now. All right, the tea, Adam, is yours. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. (laughs) Okay, boys. My winner this week is the USGA. Now, in in the past, Mark, you've had hundreds of rants about how the USGA's ruined the US Open. And and in the past years, you know, they've ruined some golf courses. That's for sure. (laughs) But... This week, they had some fun groupings, which was awesome to see. Some college affiliations together. Phil Mickelson, John Rahm, Paul Casey in one. Brendan Todd, Harris English, and amateur Davis Thompson, who was at four under for a hot second on Thursday. Ricky Fowler, Victor Hovland, and Matthew Wolf all went to school at the same school. And then the Bombers group, Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, Tony Finau. And then, of course, here in Canada, Mackenzie Hughes, Adam Hadwin, Corey Connors, all playing together for the first round. Bob, this was pretty awesome, wasn't it? It's uh... Uh, it's amazing to see that happen. I've seen, you know, they've done this over the years, and, and sometimes they've gotten in trouble. One year they put three guys who were a little overweight together, yep. Colton Oston, a couple of guys, and they got some backlash from that. But generally speaking, they find some interesting groupings together. And I love the fact that for the first time uh, that I've been covering the U.S. Open, which the first one I went to was 88. We were talking about that, Scully. Uh, <laughs> Where before, was that, Bob? Before Scully was born, Brookline. Brookline. And, uh, and to see three Canadians playing together is awesome.
That it was is. pretty pretty cool to see. And, you know, back in 2008, when Tiger Woods won the U.S. Open, they, they paired number one, two, and three in the world together. Tiger, Phil, Adam Scott, the USGA. Good for them for having some creativity with their pairings. My weird this week. Okay, 12th hole, first round. Matt Wallace is just short of the par five and two. He's got like a, a 30-yard pitch. He's sort of standing there up in arms for a couple seconds. And we're thinking, is he withdrawing? What's going on? He gets his caddy to tend the flag, which you don't really see anymore with the flagstick new rule. And so he gets his caddy to tend it from 30 yards. And what does he, what does, he do? He flubs the chip about eight <laughs> yards in front of him. And then he three putts. <laughs> I love it. Great bogey, Matt. Uh, Mark, have you ever had a caddy tend a flag from you from off the green? Uh, no, uh, because I, for the amount of golf I have ever played in my life with a caddy, that would be very bad. <laughs> but I will tell you this. Uh, one time in a in a uh, a best ball final match uh, at my club, the Toronto Hunt, I uh, tried to drive the seventh green, uh, blew it left and got it caught behind a, a bunch of pines. Sculled my second over the green, so I'm still not on the green. So as I'm walking by the hole, Adam, I was so angry, I pulled the flag out, threw it aside, and said, "This is going in." I jarred it, match <laughs> over. So you pulled your own flag out. Yes, there you go. And that's how you win a match. That's incredible. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Self-flagellation. Now, my what this week, you guys were discussing the rough and how it's getting worse and worse, and it's going to play really hard over the week. And some guys during practice rounds were having trouble finding their balls. So what did Danny Lee do? He decided to play some practice rounds with range balls. Yeah, he was looking around. He finds some balls, and, and they would say tour practice on them. So he actually played some practice rounds for a major championship with range balls. That's Pretty That's awesome. Interesting. Weird. I love that. Awesome. Weird. That is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that could have been your winner, weird, or your why. Everything. That could have been so good, right? <laughs> Adam, can you stay for the final segment? Sure. I, got, I just want a one final question with you guys. So if you could stick around on the other side, Bob and I will get you updated on leaderboards in other uh, parts of the world of golf. And then uh, we're going to close at the U.S. Open. And I got a, just a very quick one last little question, which uh, I usually like to ask you guys come U.S. Open time. And we'll get to it on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf, ready for sport. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we wrap up our two-hour show today. Whether you are listening on TSN Radio, the iHeartRadio app, or watching us on TSN2, thanks for jumping in with Bob, Adam, and I this morning. Appreciate it as we get ready for the final 36 at the year's, or I should say, let's word it, at the season's first major. Super season kicking off, 50 events, six majors, a gold medal, WGC, Players' Championship, FedEx Cup. This is going to be the craziest season in the history of golf, and it really kicks off with this U.S. Open this week. Okay, Bob, before we jump back into that, we have some leaderboards. What's going on in the world of golf? Uh, Pure Insurance Championship is on the Champions Tour. They're playing out in the beautiful Monterey Peninsula. They're playing a rotation of courses out there today. They're at Poppy Hills. Yesterday, they were at Pebble. And your leader is none other than recently turned 50-year-old Jim Furyk, who has a one-shot lead over Cameron Beckman, Ernie Els, and Stephen Leaney. There are two Canadians in the field, and Mike Weir is at uh, one over, and Stephen Ames is at four over. He's kind of recovering from a little bit of an injury, I understand. 
And the Open to Portugal at Royal Obidos in uh, the European Tour event. There is a three-way tie atop the lead at eight under par. Nathan Kimsey, Andrew Wilson, and Vitor Lopez uh, are all there. And tied for 43rd is the lone Canadian in the field. Tied for 33rd now. They've moved up. It's uh, Aaron Cockrell, who's at one under par. The Portland Classic on the LPGA Tour, Hannah Green and Sidney Clanton, they have the lead at 600 par. That's good for a one-shot lead over a host of players. A lone Canadian in the field, Elena Sharp, she's at one under par. And, of course, the U.S. Open, all eyes of the world of golf this week. On the U.S. Open, we've got Patrick Reed at four under in the final group today with Bryson DeChambeau at three under par. Uh, there's currently six players in the red. Some really great players between even par and three over, uh, including Xander Shoffley, John Rahm, Webb Simpson, Dustin Johnson. Okay, we, we know you guys are starting Webb. We, we know I'm starting Rahm. But, Scully, mm-hmm. who else makes a move today? And what is the winning score of this golf tournament? Couple loaded questions there. <laughs> I think uh, I think Xander Shoffley makes a move today. I really do believe that he had a couple bogeys down the stretch. He was in that morning wave on Friday morning. I think he makes a move. He had a couple late bogeys. I really believe Xander Shoffley can shoot even maybe even one over, and that might be good enough to be in the final group come Sunday. I also like Dustin Johnson to post a number. He played some really good golf yesterday. Faltered down the stretch. Some really sloppy wedge shots. Still putting pretty well. I like DJ and Xander and the winning score for the tournament. Tournament, I'm going to say three over par. Bob, who makes a move other than Webb, and where do we land? Uh, you know who's going to make a move today? Adam Hadwin's going to make a move today. He's going to make a nice move. He's going to move up the leaderboard, get himself into a nice uh, top 20 kind of ranking, and then make another move on Sunday. But I think the winning score, I'm not saying Adam can't win, but I think the winning score is going to be four over par. I like that. Mm-hmm. I think the winning score is three and a half. Perfect. Uh, Well, I don't argue with any of your guys' uh, suggestions. We're seeing this the same way as the people that are going to move forward versus the people that aren't. Uh, I'm a little worried about Bubba today uh, in terms of the other direction. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. I put him kind of with Reed. The shambles, my question mark on all of this more than anything else. I've got a good feel. I believe I have got a good feel, and we're all kind of seeing this. Pretty much, we're agreeing on a lot of things here for the final 36 guys. But the question mark, the big question for mark for me is DeChambeau. I'm not confident enough to say that he's still moving forward and, and being near. And I'm not confident enough to say that he's moving backwards like I am, say, with a read. Um, he's, he's the outlier here for me at three under par. You know who, you know who is the uh, sleeping giant out there? Is the muscles from Brussels and Thomas Peters. Watch yes. out for him. Too. Yeah, well, especially with a horrible round yesterday, yeah. too, right? I do agree with the winning score. I'm going to go three over. I don't disagree with Bob or Adam on this. You could have talked me into three or four over, but I'm going to go with three over as the winning score as well in this championship. And if you guys recall, on Golf Talk Canada Television this week, I asked Mr. Weeks, uh, the winning score, I put the over-under at four over. Do you recall that? Ooh, perfect. Yes, That's right. That's uh, recall right. that. So I think I may have been, uh, I should be working in Vegas for these uh, lines anyway, at least on that part of it anyway, inter- over-unders. Happy International Pirate. Talk like a pirate day, Mark. Thank you, Bob. Adam. Same to you. Yeah, same to Adam. Uh, <laughs> Skulls, we'll see you this week for GTC TV, 60 Arr. Minutes. Uh, U.S. Open wrap-up show. Looking forward to that. And then we're back here next week for... Next week, Bob, is our last radio to TV. Until we get to Augusta. (laughs) If you're playing golf, 
Bring your toque. Bring your mitts. Stay bring your warm. mask. Bring your mask. Bring been your a no- mask. A number of courses that we've heard about. Not going to name any, but that that you know have worse cases have been. Good half a around. dozen, eh, Bob? Be careful out there, folks. That yeah. even though you're playing golf, you still need the mask. Yeah, mm-hmm. a good half a dozen. What do we got there? We got the oh, we got a little something special put together for Bob's pirate. Here we go. Arr, so my winner today is Baba Watson. Her. Get your lily white livers. I am ah, the flying Dutchman. The voiceover Sponge comparison. Bob. Ben's got That's the voice. Good. That's it. The voiceover comparison. You know, this is two weeks in a row we've had the voiceover comparison. <laughs> Do you remember me last week? Was it, was it Scotty Scheffler and no, Dustin no, Johnson? No, no. It, it was Sam Burns. It was Sam, Sam Burns and, and Dustin, Dustin Johnson. Johnson. I'm like, yeah. That's the same person. And Kawhi Leonard and Adam Scully. That's right. That's, That's right. right. Week previous, it was Kawhi and Adam yeah. Scully. That's yeah. right. Kawhi and Adam, Sam Burns and DJ, and now Bob and the Pirate. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> All right, boys. Have a great week. Thanks so much, everybody. Uh, it's going to be fun. Enjoy it. Enjoy it for what it is. There's no 62s. There's 72s moving forward. TSN has the coverage. Flip over as we speak. TSN 1, TSN 4. We've got it to the very end today. Who's going to have that lead heading into Sunday? Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Remember, first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf, ready for sport. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.